What's up, what's up, what's up? This is Dan, the real estate man, putting the real back in real estate, Mr. Multifamily Conversion himself. Um, and I'm going to be having a conversation about cash flow versus cash out with my buddy, with my coach, marketing guru, Mr. Jerome Lewis. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. So let me hop on your, I sent your request. Um, so we're doing this live. We're, we're, we're having a bit of a, we got like a new structure here. Normally the way our structure works is we do just a podcast interview. So today what we're going to do is we're doing a podcast and we're doing live on like just about all platforms possible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce Dan. I'm going to tell you a little bit about our podcast structure and how our podcast works. And Dan, can you see my screen? uh yeah i can see it all right so welcome to the remarketing podcast my name is jerome lewis i am your host for today the remarketing of podcast is a podcast where we talk about marketing business and leadership and we talk about these things for real estate agents real estate investors and real estate entrepreneurs we have two purposes here on the remarketing podcast number one to spotlight dan you your business your product your service in a way that provides value to you including market exposure and content creation number two to educate and inform our audience and our listeners all right so i'm going to introduce dan dan Daniel Harvey married Erica Harvey in 2018. They have two beautiful children. Dan is originally from Southwest Philadelphia, but now resides in Delaware County. Dan graduated Muriel, Muriel Dobbins Vocational High School, where he studied electronics. While attending Dobbins, Dan was chosen to participate in a co-op program with SEPTA. Upon graduation, Dan continued to work with SEPTA for 18 years until retiring in 2014 to pursue his dream of being a full-time real estate investor. In 2008, Dan Harvey started DMH Investments LLC to take advantage of declining market prices and begin his career in real estate investing. DMH Investments has since grown into a multi-million dollar business. DMH Investments focuses on acquiring distressed properties and rehabbing them for use as both rental investments and resale opportunities. Dan has become a highly sought after inspirational speaker when it comes to discussing his expertise and the benefits of real estate investing. Dan, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we just did like a great formal intro on who you are. I would like to ask, could you please do a, just tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words. Sure. Uh, I'm a, a Southwest Philly guy. Uh, so, you know, Philly born and raised. Um, like, like, the, like the body.
Kyle said went to uh, went to Dobbins, which is a trade school for those of you who don't know. Um, so at this school, you learn different life skills, right? You you could uh, learn to work on cars, learn to learn plumbing, all those sorts of things. Um, and the and the reason why I went there was my my parents, especially my mother, was really. She really wanted me to get a skill set so I could go out in the world and start making a living like as soon as I graduated. Um, and I was really, really fortunate. Um, uh, I, I uh, in between my junior and senior year at Dobbins, uh, I got a co-op job at SEPTA, which is um, a regional transportation uh, system uh, in the in in this you know area, um, and once I graduated from from Dobbins, um, I started working at SEPTA full time. So when I graduated, uh, I was a full time union um, union electrician. So like my parents' dreams had had like come true, right? I had that I had that uh, good job right out the gate. So. They were really excited. Um, I was doing that for some years. I I started um, uh, another company. It it was a promotions company. Started off doing small parties. Built that up um, to doing uh, larger um, stadium size events. So we would do up to like ten thousand seaters. Um, in fact, that's how I thought I was going. I was going to become wealthy. That's not what happened, but um, and then I uh, I found out about real estate and like and and the rest is history. Okay, and so the rest is history, and I want to ask you some questions around specifically real estate. And you have like an interesting niche, and I would like to do a deep dive on that niche as much as possible. But before we get there, I have to ask some basic stuff. And you said the rest of history. So what I would like to ask you, first and foremost, in your perspective, from your experience, tell us what is real estate investing? So real estate investing is, and that's a wide ranging question, right? It all depends on on, on who you're talking to. So I'll, I'll talk to it from how I come at investing, right? So real estate investing is, find using real estate as a vehicle to as a vehicle to to create returns on your money so what that means is either i am buying a distressed property i'm i, I am fixing that property up and so i am for i'm forcing appreciation right so that the property would be worth more money so therefore I could sell the property or I'm buying a property at such a price that I could finance it. I could have a mortgage on that property. I could rent the property out and the, and the excess uh, um, cash uh, money is cash flow that pays me. So real estate investing is just that it's using real estate as a way to create a, as a way to create a return on your capital. Okay, I appreciate that. And I have like a sub question that I wanna ask you and I wanted to get your perspective because there, like from what I see, there are like different ways that you can be, there's so many different ways, but two of the main ways to be involved in real estate is like active versus passive. And one of the things that comes up is like, like running a real estate business versus actually, actually investing in real estate could you share some perspective on that on those two different perspectives sure so most real estate uh investing is active right it's varying levels of activity um so so i am a landlord and i also flip properties right so flipping properties is going to be very active um it is it is a transactional business, which means once I once I buy the property, I fix the property up, I sell that property, I I make my money. But if I want to keep making money flipping properties, I have to go out and find a, another property, or 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 else that income stream stops. 
with being a landlord, it's more passive, meaning that once I buy the property and I rent that property out, it will cash flow. Um, but it does take some work. So you can either um, be because you, but you still have to maintain the building. You still have to uh, deal with tenants. Now that could be you or that could be a property management company, but somebody has to do something. So it's not, it's not all the way passive. And the other way that you could be truly passive um, is, is if you invest, if you were a private lender, with meaning you were you were acting as acting as the bank for other lenders. You were loaning them money and they use your capital to fix up properties, right? That's truly passive. You don't, once you lend the money out, you don't, don't do anything. Or if you were uh, uh, um, investing in say a, a large apartment building as a, as a group of, of investors. But once you invest your money, that's it. So that's, that's a truly passive way to invest in real estate. Okay. So I want to hone in on the like truly passive way. And so you do, you work with passive and private investors. What, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to invest? Do you still offer those opportunities to people that want to be passive investors or tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I, I realized early on that having private lenders, private investors, um, was the way I wanted to grow my business. Um, so I went out and I learned everything that, that I could about how to find private lenders, how to structure deals with private lenders. Um, so, so that when those opportunities came up, I would be prepared. Um, yes, I still work with private lenders and if anybody was interested, they could always reach out to me at my website. They could always shoot me, shoot me a, shoot me a, shoot a DM to me, uh, either on, on, on social media. Um, but yes, I still work with private lenders. Okay. Awesome. The next question I have for you is it's, it's another basic question, but I think it's helpful to anybody listening. Oh. Why real estate investing versus other investment opportunities like stocks or maybe even crypto? Like why real estate investing for you? Well, for me, um, I like real estate because uh, it does offer some some opportunities that that other investments uh, just don't offer. Um, you can leverage more when it comes to comes to real estate. You actually have a tangible um, asset, right? We have a real asset. So, um, and you are more in control of that asset. So if I buy a stock, once I buy the stock, I really have no say in what that company does, right? I mean, they may do well, um, great, but if they don't, then, you know, I suffer still. Uh, and, with real estate, uh, I, I have more control over the asset. Okay. Next question we have for you. What do you think are the best ways to get it started in real estate? And that's, that's a bit broad. So let me define, what do you think is the, like, if you could give one way, you have to pick just one to get started investing in real estate. What would that way be? Yeah. Well, first get, first get educated, figure out um figure out how the business really works figure out what would it what it what it is that you want real estate to do for you well, like i was saying real estate is a large industry right i mean it, it there is so many pieces to real estate so you need to figure out well am i looking for capital now um am i looking for capital, for 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 once, for once you retire, um, and and are, do you want to rehab properties? Do you not want to rehab properties? So sort of figuring out what 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 your needs are, and then picking a real estate strategy that fits your needs. Okay, and so 
you have like and in my experience i, I experience this too like it's a it's an overwhelming of information out there and mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to like you, you've got great content if somebody wanted to get started investing with you what's what's how can they reach you or how would they get started you got some education you got some stuff for people to get started talk about that sure 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 so um one of the one of the simplest ways is uh is on is on social media so uh they can follow me at at dan the real estate man one on on instagram lost the password to dan the real estate man um on on facebook it is dan the real estate man and then i have my website which is also it's it's dan the real estate man dot biz uh and and we are now putting on some uh putting up educational um courses so that people can learn the the processes that i'm using now because the idea is that you don't want to recreate the will right you don't want to have to go through all all of the mistakes that i've gone through you're going to still go through some but there are some there are some common ones that 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 are easily easily avoidable okay and so my question i, I kind of asked my question a little bit incorrectly but i was going to i was going to ask one of the things i was supposed to ask like what are the best resources to learn and one obviously that's you you know talking to you you got courses you have mentorship uh other than you right we what are some other recommendations and we don't go to like if you could give a person one recommendation to kind of get started you know like on their education what would that be join a real estate investment group so join a ria um in your in your local area um because so there's there there are quite a few reasons. Number one, um, if if you're not coming from from an investing background, probably a lot of your friends and family are not investors. So you need to get around like-minded people, right? Um, and and there there is great opportunity with networking. So I say everything is in that networking uh, um, arena. Right there, there are opportunities. There, there are properties. There is private lending. There is education. So learn there, um, and 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 just and just and just immerse yourself in real estate. Okay, and so of course, you know, we work together. We marketers. I got to plug it. You you have your own real estate investment group. An association could you talk about that and more specifically what i would like people to understand is the the reason why you started it like the history could you talk about that please sure sure so i started a group called brag is the black real estate alliance group um i just saw an and uh a need for um black real estate uh, uh investors entrepreneurs to have a place where they could meet um and and learn um, and I'm one of these people, I, I, I'm not going to go out and just cry about it. I'm just, I'm, if I don't see it, I'm going to do it. And so we start, I, I started it about three, four years ago and we have over 1200 members and we meet monthly every single month. We, we, we have a, a, um, we, we have an educational meeting. Generally it's, it's one of our members that are teaching us the the best practices when it comes to investing right so they could be mortgage brokers it could be uh appraisers wholesalers so forth and so on and we have social events so um something that i'm really really proud of the next question and we kind of touched on some of this so it, it might seem a little repetitive but i want to make sure people understand so uh the next question i kind of have like, you touched on it about like networking but like like should people invite tell me what you think about people investing by themselves like is that even possible like share your perspective when you say investing by themselves i'm 100 sure because I mean, you can invest alone but you shouldn't be on what I call investor island, meaning you're not plugging into other resources, right? So there's so much that you don't know. And this thing, there's a lot of things that you don't know 
that you don't know. And so getting around those people, and that's how you grow, right? Because you need a team around you. You Because you're going to probably be good at something, right? But there are going to be a lot of things. There are a lot of moving parts that, that comes with, with uh, investing in real estate, especially if you don't, if you don't come from that business background, right? So, so just like me, I mean, I, I, I was a blue collar guy. I had to learn uh, a lot of these processes, right? I didn't, I, I had to learn about how to build a business. Because ultimately, that's what you want to do is build a real business. You, you don't want to have a real estate hobby. It costs too much money to have a real estate hobby. So you want to build a real business uh, uh, around it. So don't get on Investor Island. That's what I call a poverty mindset, right? It's thinking, oh, I can do this all by myself. I don't need anybody. I'm going to be the contractor. I'm going to be the landlord. I'm going to be... And at first, starting off, you may... You, you will need to do multiple tasks. I'm not saying that, but that's starting off. As you grow, you bring people in, you bring in team members, right? And so you can stick to what you do best. Okay, so we're, we're talking, like we're talking about power team and building and something that I realized that people don't address a lot when they're talking about power teams, building out these teams is like a coach and a mentor. Could you share your perspective on that and talk about your, um, experience on mentorship, why it matters, if it does matter. Yes, absolutely. So having a mentor is absolutely crucial. Now, here's what I, here's what I, here's how I break this down. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about like paid mentors, right? It is, you don't need a mentor necessarily for every single thing, but here, here's, here's two Two, um, two reasons why you would need a paid mentor. One of them is because you it, it is, say, your project. And there's no YouTube channel. There's no book that's going to speak to your project, right? So you have to have somebody walk you through your project, talk to you about your project and what's going on and what factors may come up. Because you're not going to find a video uh, uh, a, a book that's going to walk you through what's going on in your property. The 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 other time when I would say it's 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 really important is if if there is a niche that you want to learn about. So when I wanted to learn about private lending and how to how to do it correctly, the first thing I did was I did go to YouTube. And uh, I found a bunch of stuff there, but there was one person who I said, man, this guy knows what he's doing. He came up to, to the Pennsylvania area. I went to go see him speak. I bought his course. I not only bought, I, I, I not only bought his course, I flew down to, I flew down to uh, Florida to, to take, to take his boot camp, right? Um, uh, because a lot of times what people are thinking about is how much they're spending and not what they're getting in return, right? It's the value. So let's say that course cost me, I don't really remember. Let's say that course cost me $2,000. There, there, there are some people, so I'm not spending $2,000. I, I have borrowed millions of dollars based on the information that I got from that bootcamp. Right. If you don't see the value in that, then again, that's that goes back to a, a poverty mindset. You, 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 you're, you're stuck on cost and not on value. Right. Um, when I wanted to learn um, about uh, about larger, larger, larger commercial multifamily properties, I went to that boot camp because, again, that's a that's a that's a niche uh, 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 process, and you may end up spending millions of dollars. That's not something you want to learn off YouTube. That's not something you want to learn from reading somebody's book. You want somebody that you can ask questions who have gone through the process, right? So those for for those um, reasons, I think that it's it's really important um, to have a paid mentor to help you work through these issues because you don't want to reinvent the wheel. The idea is you want to get to making money as quickly as possible.
Okay. So we're, we're talking about a lot today. And one of the things that I would like to do is I want to like, like box it in a little bit. So one of the questions that I have for you, and it's going to take us some, some thinking, some processing, right? Uh, like if you could give three top tips to like be, be successful in this business for somebody starting out, what would those three things be? Even if we already said them, let's say what they are again from you, your perspective, three top things. Three top things. So first thing, the biggest thing, you got to work on your mindset. You work on your mindset. Your mindset is what's going to hold you back more than anything else. All right. More than lack of money, more than, you know, people not coming out and coming out and uh, supporting you. Your mindset, how you think about things is going to hold you back. And a lot of times we don't realize that we have bad mindsets because a lot of people around us share a similar mindset, right? So work on those mindsets, start reading books that, that, that challenge how you think about the world, right? Secondly, learn how money works. You need to understand how our financial system works again. Real estate is not about the bricks, right? The, the bricks is the vehicle for you to make the return, but you need to understand how money works. How does our, our financial system works, right? Because it's, it's a part of the larger, 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 larger economy. Uh, and lastly, and this is really important. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Right, you, you're gonna to have to put yourself out there. If you don't like to network because you're an introvert, so what? Like the world doesn't care. You gotta get out there. You gotta get in front of people. You gotta to talk to people, right? So one of the serious things for me personally was um, even the idea of speaking in front of a group of people, it like paralyzed me. I said, this is ridiculous. And so what I did was I just faced it head on. So when opportunities came up, I took them. I'm talking about scared to death. I still took them. And what happened is what happens is after a while, you become you don't become less afraid, but you but you will become more braver. And it's like a muscle. And the more you practice being brave, then you be, then you become that much more braver. But you have to be willing to put yourself in uncomfortable places, go into rooms that you may not feel comfortable in, right? Everybody's not gonna. It's not going to coddle you, not going to make you feel whatever, but you got to get in there anyway, right? Especially if you feel like this is what you want, right? Don't let nobody, don't let anyone get in your way. Get, get into those rooms and learn what you need to learn, especially if you are a, a, a first generation wealth builder. All right. So this question is, um, we're going to stick with three. So. What are three, and I want to, we're going to break it out into six, right? So I would like to hear from you three practical benefits of investing in real estate. Mm -hmm. And then I also would like to hear from you three impractical things like mindset or attitude, like just three things on investing in real estate, the practical, and then let's go with like impractical or theoretical. Okay. So practical where, I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing it right now. Right. So, um, we, we we are dealing with very high inflation right when you realize money is basically nothing it's just we just believe it has value and so that's the value that it has until it doesn't so the so the thing about investing uh, investing in real estate is that you have a real tangible asset that people need people are going to always need to live somewhere right i don't see anything coming up that's going to change that All right so that's number one um uh um it's it's properties generally go not generally they overall they go up in value so it's a good long-term asset right so when i'm looking at real estate it's 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 a long-term game it's not a short-term short-term game short-term game I, hopefully I will be around here 30 years later, right? And so these properties that I bought now will be worth so much more later on. And that's without me having to do any, any extra work be, be, because I already own them. I mean, just, just think about from when your parents bought a house like 30 years ago, how much 
homes were. How much more do you think properties are going to be worth 30 years later? Right. And then the next thing, which is really is, is, is important to me is, is creating generational wealth. Right. And so this is something that is talked about, um, uh, 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 a lot. I mean, I have small children. I want them to start off with something, right? Have, have some tool that they can utilize that will make life easier for them starting off. So okay. those, those are three practical reasons. You got any three, you have three impractical? When you say impractical, like reasons why you like shouldn't theor find theoretic, it? like so, let's say theoretical, right? So those I, are things that you can kind of touch and put your finger on. I would like, you um, yeah, I would tell you this. So real estate is not a get-rich-quick scheme. So if if you're under the my if you're under the impression that I am poor this year and I'm going to buy real estate and next year I'm going to be filthy rich, that's generally not how it works, right? Um, uh, you talked about mindset. If you think this is going to be easy, you are mistaken. This is not, <laughs> this is not an easy business. It's worthwhile doing. It's extremely worthwhile doing, but it's not easy. So you have to create a tough mindset, right? Because you're not going to always want to do what, what you have to do. Um, I, I think those to me are, is probably some of the, some of the you know ideas about real estate that people are going to have to get over and that it takes it takes a little while longer to get going than most people probably think right and that's no matter how many whatever courses books oh and and you have to take action you can't learn yourself out of mistakes Right. Don't, you don't think oh, I'm going to take this course and I'm going to take that person's course and then I'm going to read this book and then I'm not going to make any mistakes. Again, that goes back to a poverty mindset. That's the fear, right? You, you need to just embrace the idea of failure. You're going to fail, right? But some of the best, the best things that have happened to me have come out of failures. And so just embrace them. Okay. So I, I see a question on the IG live that I think is relevant. And it's, can you speak to the difference between generational wealth and transformational wealth? Oh, um, uh, I would say that generational wealth to me, this is honestly, that's the first time I've heard the phrase about transformational wealth. Cause that to me sort of implies that you may already had some wealth and that and then you've built more wealth and it's transforming you from something that you were. But, um, when it comes to, to a uh, generational wealth. To me, what that means is that you have um, assets, you have net worth, you have resources um, that can put your family into a much better, a much better, much better position moving forward. Where this not the idea is not this week to week scramble. Um, you can you can get beyond. Uh, um, uh, the uh, struggle phase and you can get into the prosperity phase, right? So that's what I see my my role as, is to set not just my children, but my children's children and other family members up so that they don't have to worry about next week or even next year. They need, they're worrying about what's coming up in the next five, 10 years uh, for, for the for the next generation after that. And that takes a lot of work, right? It takes a lot of effort. Um, but again, it is a, it's a, a long-term um, uh, game plan. Yeah, I, I appreciate your perspective on that. I thought, like, once I've read the question off, I'm like, they're actually kind of interchangeable or intertwined. Like, they're very closely yeah. related. Wealth and transformational, it's, it's kind of yeah. the same thing. You'll probably get both when you do either or. 
So. Yeah, I would be curious for the person who who wrote the question if they have a, a, a little explanation about what transformational wealth mean, what it means to them, because obviously they see it differently. <laughs> they, they see them as different things. All right. So next, I would like to get some I want to kind of get some definitions from you. I want to hear your perspective on different types of investments. Right. And the different types, just so you have an overview, I'm going to go I'm going to go through really quickly. We're going to talk about passive active mm -hmm. landlording wholesaling and flipping and i understand there are much more and different ways you can go about real estate but generally these are the ones that come up so uh from your perspective number one i would like to hear from you what is your definition of passive investing yeah passive uh, um uh, investing broadly uh, is when you make a residual income off of real estate right so you're so you're renting the property out um in some shape or form okay how about active real estate investing your perspective yeah, so, yeah so so that to me is um any any um part of of real estate that you get paid per transaction meaning that you don't get paid until you sell the property and then that's it and then it stops right so so there there is no there is no uh, residual money coming after that once you sell it it's done so that's wholesaling um um uh, and uh flipping properties okay so we have uh and I, I would like these are more defined or these kind of fall under either passive or active so the next one i would like to like what's your definition of landlording is that passive and active is it a combination of each your definition um it's it's i would say it, when it's done right it's passive um but there's always some 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 activity now rather it's your activity is a different question it could be a property manager i have a property manager on my staff so i don't have tenants calling me but ultimately i still have to talk to my staff about what's going on um uh, um in my units right but the idea is that you run the business um and that your properties are in pretty decent shape so that so that you have less problems so that there's less reason to actually engage with with the tenants all right and we we mentioned wholesaling a little bit earlier your definition of wholesaling and is it active or passive yeah so i mean so 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 wholesaling is the act of putting a property under under contract and then uh selling that contract to the end buyer so generally uh it's the wholesaler putting it under contract with the seller and then the wholesaler selling the contract not the property selling the contract to the investor i bought a lot of properties uh through that process that's a very that's a, that's an extremely active uh um uh, a part of the business because you have to be marketing you have to talk to uh sellers you have to talk you have to talk to uh, uh investors title company so i would say that's probably one of the most active um uh, parts of the business okay and so i, I know a lot about wholesaling but mm -hmm. i, I want to hear your so next what's coming up is flipping uh, mm -hmm. Do you think flipping is more active, or what's your perspective on that? Is it is it passive? Is it active? So zone in on is it more active than wholesaling? Is it more active than wholesaling? That's a good question. I, I it it depends on how you have a structure. If you're a one man or or one woman band, it could potentially be more active. Because not only do you have to get in the contract and you still have to find the capital, you still have to go through the title company, you still have to go through those things. Now you have to rehab that property. So now you have to deal with the city, you have to deal with contractors. Um, um, so it depends on, and then it depends on, if, on, on how hands-on are you. Are you physically working on the property um, or are you, um, are you managing the project or do you have a, a general contractor? So it, 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 it depends on how involved you are in the process. 
I would say that probably a wholesale is probably busier just because they're managing so many more leads and 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 deals at the same time. Um, whereas your your average flipper is, you know, they're doing one to two deals maybe uh, at the same time. So I would imagine that that the wholesaler um, is more is more busy. And ultimately it comes down to the structure of your business, right? Because the more structure that you have your business, the, the, the less work that you have to do, right? Okay. As, you, and, as, you bring in team, as you bring on team members. All right. And we talked about, we talked about the flipping, but let's get your definition on flipping. Like, yeah, sure. So, so flipping is, uh, when you, when you buy a distressed property um, uh, uh, that is that that is that is undervalued that that is sold under its value, and you rehab the property, thereby for, forcing appreciation, and then you resell the property to a retail tenant. Okay, awesome. Uh, next, we have we're, we're getting close to the end. Uh, we've been here a while. So next question I have for you is, I got two more questions and people always want to know, how do you get deals? So I want to hear your perspective. And I know you've gotten deals. You've done deals offline. You've done deals online. You've gotten deals from also networking. So uh, share your perspective on how you get offline deals first. Mm -hmm. So the this goes to both. So number one, like, like I said, you, you, you want to be networking. But the biggest thing is that you want people to know that you're buying real estate, right? That they, they should know when they hear your name, oh, this person buys real estate, right? Um, um, that's going to attract people to reach out. Um, uh, like, I don't care if you are a nurse, if you want to get into real estate, especially in, in any meaningful way, you want to let people, people ask what it is that you do you buy real estate that way again you are top of mind you want to you you want to you you want to make as many connections with uh active wholesalers um that that actually have deals as 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 possible and with real estate agents that understand what 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 investors want and that's not every um agent but you know the agents that really understand that game are are great okay so the next question you, you kind of address all three there to be honest so we don't need to go into detail there the next question i have for you is, is one of your signatures right um cash flow versus cash out what is what does it mean at, uh when you say cash flow and then what does it mean when you say cash out and can you talk about benefits of each yeah, yeah, echo now for some reason, but um, so yeah, cash flow versus cash out. So this is a conversation that I that um, I had some some years ago. In the premise is, as you grow your business, you 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 have something that's called equity. Equity is the difference between what what you owe on a property as far as loans and the value of that property right so really simple you may own a property where you have a mortgage on it that's one hundred thousand dollars and the property is worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars you have fifty thousand dollars of equity so the question is okay do you leave that equity into the building and the property cash flows more you know with the idea that you have this lower mortgage or do you tap into that equity um by by doing by doing a a refi cash out right that will give you capital so you can buy more so that you can buy more real estate but it will lower your um cash flow and and so i i, I just have that conversation with 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 investors just to get them thinking because again real estate is a numbers business and so you need to understand why are you, why do you believe what you believe? And there are investors who are, are out of side of this of this um, um, 
of this opinion, right? Or rather you should leave equity into deals and cash flow better, or if you should take, um, uh, or if you should take the equity out and, and grow your, um, business. So, you know, that, that's what the overall concept is really about getting people, getting investors to think about which strategy makes, makes the most sense. Okay. okay. And I have, uh, we were together, so I dropped a link to your cash flow versus cash out uh, presentation inside the comments for people that's interested in it in more detail. Uh, the next question that I have for you is, uh, where can we learn more about you online? Absolutely. So you can go to DanTheRealEstateMan.biz. That's DanTheRealEstateMan.biz. Uh, again, on Instagram, you can follow me at Dan, the real estate man one. Um, and on Facebook, it's Dan, the real estate man. And I'm always posting videos and what I'm doing and walk through Wednesdays and money tips and all sorts of things. Uh, because the, the, the reason why I started doing it is that, that I still remember what it, what it's like to be a newbie and have so many questions and not understand how things work, which is one of the reasons why I love social media was because when I started, it wasn't at, it was not as active as it is now. It was not, you know, as many people on here, um, sharing, sharing information. Okay. And, um, I, I did it a little backwards, but I would like to, I would like to hear your perspective. If you could recommend three books to the audience, what would those three books be and why? Good question. Um, so the one that mostly everybody says um, is Think and Grow Rich. Um, it's a great book, right? It's a great book because it challenges a lot of the ideas that you have about money, especially if you come from lower or middle income um, um, households. A lot of what we're taught is, is, is taught so that we can exist um and not really prosper right so so it's just like it's like so you won't starve right but there's very there's, there's almost no prosperity uh conversations in there and and it, it really goes deeply into you know thinking differently about how you deal with money right so that was extremely eye-opening uh, another book is um think and grow rich um uh which um is it's a good business book right it's it's just interviewing um and there's think and grow rich and, and then there's think and grow rich a black choice which which has dennis kimbrough in it um both great books where where they interview people who have done really well and just ask them about their habits and things that they've learned um a really good real estate book and this may be high level but um, it's a, and I always forget the name of it, but it's, um, it's, it's the value play, something like the multifamily value play book. When I tell you like this book is very similar to taking uh, a college course, it is extremely detailed. It shows you, um, um, uh, like shots of closing costs and just really works. It walks you through the understanding how to underwrite a commercial property, right? So if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, oh, and there's another one too. I, I know you said three, but uh, fl um, Flipping for Dummies was a great book. Like literally I read that book uh, and I flipped the house. It, it was it was that much information in there. I read that book and flipped it and it was good. Nice, nice. So we are, we are towards the end, but before we go, I would like for you to Leave us with like a this is real estate so i call it the closing table do you have any final closing statements sure i mean listen man real estate is a great opportunity um i think more than focusing on how much money that you want to make you need to focus on yourself focus focus on your mindset um uh focus on bringing value to people around you if you figure out a way to bring value to people, doors will open for you. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? So 
you know, don't ask to pick a person's brain, ask them, hey, you know, what can I do to help you out? How can I and, and separate yourself from the crowd of people who just want to take and be somebody who wants to add value? You will stand out amongst a crowd of takers um, and uh, and be get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. You're not going to you're not you're going to have to get rid of that sort of that job mindset, like guaranteed. Well, how can you know I, I'm I got this guaranteed pay. Like it is still, it is still investing. So there's risk and you have to learn how to deal with that uh, um, and keep moving forward. Thank you, Dan. This was excellent. I really appreciate you for doing this and uh, I'll, we'll get all of it, everything loaded up in the show notes. etc etc but we went live on instagram Facebook, YouTube, we're like all over the place. So I'll make sure you get everything. We'll also get it up on our official podcast platform. Again, thank you so much for doing this. Of course, we're going to have you back and talk about some more stuff and go into more detail. But again, thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate you. All right, cool, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'll talk with you So, okay, bye bye.
Thank you.